Welcome to BNN Tax Snacks, a podcast from Baker Newman and Noyes covering timely and impactful federal and state tax developments affecting our clients, friends, and other listeners. I'm Mike Stillings, Director of Tax Services at BNN. Thankfully, 2020 is behind us. In the tax world, however, the impact of last year will be felt for quite some time. In the next several episodes of BNN Tax Snacks, you'll hear from a few of our tax specialists about business and tax topics directly related to the COVID-19 pandemic, the tax law changes it set in motion, and what those changes mean to individual taxpayers as well as businesses. Suffice it to say, we've got a lot to cover, so let's talk taxes. Hi, listeners. I'm Josh Lapierre, and today I'm joined with my colleague, John Hadwin. On today's podcast, we're going to discuss income tax extensions and the benefits of extending the returns as it relates to flow-through businesses and the individual owners. John, is there anything you'd like to add before we get started? Sure, Josh. With a lot of changes that may impact um, 2020 and 2021 taxes, and even you know these uh, changes coming after year-end, uh, you may want to consider extending now to give yourself more time to properly plan for these changes, both from a business and uh, an individual tax perspective. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks, John. Um, let's dive in. John, so some people have never extended their tax returns, business or individual. Could you take us high level through how an extension would work for a flow-through business and its individual owners? Sure. This is a great question. And um, for businesses, you know, if you if it's an S corporation or a partnership, the process is very easy for federal. Uh, simply, you know, there's a form um, 7004 that you file with the IRS, and typically we would, you know, electronically file it on our client's behalf, and we would do this prior to uh, March 15th. So it's a it's relatively easy because you know the passive entity isn't the one you know paying any tax; it's the individual uh, taxpayer that we need to do more work. Where it can get more complicated for the business entities is if you have state filings. Uh, if you're in a state like Maine or Massachusetts, and you know you're a partnership, it's pretty easy because some states allow automatic extensions and default to the federal treatment. But if you're in a you know state that you know taxes the entity like our neighboring state uh, here in Maine, New Hampshire. Uh, there's a little bit more work in computing, you know, what tax needs to be paid and any estimates due with the extension at that time. So that's where it can get complicated for businesses. But for federal, it's a relatively straightforward process. For individuals, this work gets complicated because you know when we start working on the extension, we're going to need as much information as possible. It's it's one of those where it's always good just to send in your information early, just helps us get a better idea of the different income and deductions because things may fluctuate over um, an annual basis. And with that, you know, if you have any pass-through entities, uh, partnerships or S-corps that, you know, we need to, you know, compute uh, an estimate of, you know, we'll do that while um, we do the individual extension. 
for individuals, generally their tax returns are due uh, a month later, April 15th. And there's more work that goes involved in computing, you know, how uh, we file for extension. Uh, the individuals, if there's tax due, that tax needs to be paid by April 15th. Filing for extension is not an extension of time to pay. The IRS wants um, the taxes properly estimated to the best information available and have all the tax paid in prior to, to April 15th. And sometimes in computing extensions, we'll also include a first quarter estimate. That way, um, you know, clients aren't having to write two checks to the IRS. So kind of talked about a lot, but really it's it's important that, you know, we we have all the information to compute, you know, what the, the appropriate amount of tax is going to be because there could be penalties and interest if we don't, you know, if that information isn't available and, you know, you're underpaid on your taxes and you file your return late, the IRS may not respect your extension. Great. Thanks, John. Uh, so for a lot of people, if they're doing year-end planning right now and kind of getting into the details a bit and coming up with a really strong, you know, fourth quarter payment, maybe due in January, it, it may not be much more work, assuming results don't vary significantly between now and year-end, to just update that and, and have your extension payment known early in the filing season. Is it correct to think like that for some folks? Absolutely. Year-end planning is very important, and we've you know, talked about bits and pieces of that in our, our year-end planning podcast. But yeah, there may not be a lot of um, changes from the the, the year-end planning projections that we're doing now. But you know, depending on what happens with uh, tax law changes between now, as we're recording this podcast, and you know, when we start filing tax returns, um, you know, that's that's a, a great start. You know, one piece to really reiterate is you know, once your tax other tax documents, non-business tax documents, your W-2, your 1099s, your deductions start coming in. Always a good idea to, to send those to us early so we can incorporate those into the extension. Now, Josh, I quickly went through how to extend. Can you go through some of the reasons why you may extend? Yeah, great question. And, you know, why extend, right? You know, if, if you have most of your stuff um, and, and you can get it done in time, but uh, sometimes it makes sense from, you know, multiple angles, you know, tax angle and maybe even a business angle. If you are constrained or focused on your business with this um, unique times, you know, sometimes just working with your tax advisor on an estimate is much less time consuming and gives you just an expanded time frame to work uh, on closing those, pulling that together. So um, it, it, there is benefits and diving into some of the bigger ones and it, along with providing you time, it's flexibility among what your decisions will be for 2020. And there's probably, there hasn't been a time until now that flexibility is really the most important with the uncertainty of the, the elections, the uncertainty of certain businesses of what their business results are going to be in 2021. Um, we talked about on another podcast now operating losses. We talked about the ability to elect and carry them back, or, you know, elect and carry them back or carry them forward. Um, by extending, you get more time to decide whether you want to carry it back, uh, net operating loss, or carry it forward. It gives you more time to decide on your bonus depreciation decisions. You know, do you want to take that all in 2020? as an expense, um, or do you want to wait and smooth some of that out, depending on your you know, circumstances that 
you may not know until you've seen what 2020 looks like for your business, for you personally. Um, so the bonus depreciation decision really isn't made until you file your 2020 return. And by extending your partnership or S-Corp and in your individual return, it kind of gives you up until the September 15th and October 15th final due dates. You will need to know or have an idea of what you want to do come April 15th, as John just noted. You know, you will have to pay the taxes, ultimately estimated amount at the individual level. But having that flexibility is nice. Um, it gives you more time for certain expenses um, to pay them and it, be able to deduct them on your 2020 return. There's certain reoccurring items that you can be accrued for accrual basis taxpayers as of 1231 year end. Um, and to be deducted, though, they must be paid either by you know, three and a half months into the next year, some are eight and a half months into the next year, and we don't have time to go into all those, but uh, that certainly is another item that in many people may have seen it where they have their returns pretty much ready, and then they extend solely for cash flow planning because they don't want to pay those expenses or those retirement contributions. That's probably one of the biggest ones uh, that gives you the flexibility. You can make a 2020 retirement contribution, certain ones um, for you know the business such as a SEP or a self-employed simple plan. By extending, you can make that payment later in the 2021 year for cash flowing, but still take the deduction in 2020. So Josh, you know, I have clients with, you know, investors that need to get their K-1s out. And a lot of the times they're very adamant about getting K-1s out on a timely basis. But, you know, say I want to have flexibility with the uncertainty you know, what, what, what can I do to, in this situation, can I, you know, should I still extend, you know, how, how do, you know, how is that process? Do I need to wait and file? Do you want to talk about the timing once you extend, you know, how soon can, after you can file and, and what options you have um, to be flexible with, with this, you know, pending or possible tax law changes? Yeah, it's a good question. It's a lot of potential answers there. Uh, so sometimes many folks extend or many businesses will extend their March 15th deadline, still work and get the work done. And they can provide, you know, estimated K-1s that are going to be, you know, most accurate for their investors, or they can file shortly after um, the deadline, the original deadline, and once there's extension and still avail themselves to certain flexibility uh, with their returns. The uh, other item is uh, important because of the uncertainty and changes and is the ability to file superseded returns uh, for partnerships and S-Corps specifically. If you if you filed without an extension, once you filed and the deadline passes, that that's it. You need to amend if there's a change or look at accounting method changes filing. But if you've extended and you file your return and it's still prior to the extended due date in in maybe a law changes or there's a different election you want to make the superseded return is filing your return and it essentially erases that first return you filed for the year you know it's not used often but the flexibility of having that has been greater and even maybe more so now with the new partnership audit rules that um, John can talk about momentarily um, why those are another driver of potentially extending uh, they also Treasury came out and said the expenses paid for with those tax-free proceeds are also non-deductible, which is a big surprise. It's anticipated that Congress is going to pass something, or they're trying. I don't want to anticipate 
what Congress is going to do on any front, but uh, they um, they are working to pass a bill, and it, it could be into the new year until we know, and that that could be a big change in you know being flexible and prepared. You know, you're planning based on two routes with you know PPP loans being tax free and essentially taxable can get you um, to a standpoint of ready to make an extension payment based on what you know on that day. You know, it's much easier to um, make a quick change and file a one page extension, you know, fluctuate just the the amount you're paying for your federal and state payments. And then, um, you know, be sure that what they've done is, is what they're going to do. I mean, we saw this year in two, 2019 filings in 2020 with the CARES Act, a handful of those, you know, there were some technical corrections, items that went back retroactive. And then um, if you had already filed, you had to make a decision. Do you amend? You know, there were options to fix it going forward. And there was a lot of impact to the state returns as well. So having the ability to file superseded returns works in many cases. So, John, could you quickly talk about the new, uh, I guess I'll say the BBA partnership audit rules that may impact many of our clients and why those would provide an extension to be useful? Sure, Josh. And this is something when the the BBA partnership audit rules come out, you know, something I thought about quite a bit uh, just because of how unflexible these new audit rules are. And just a brief kind of explanation of what they are is the IRS changed how they're auditing partnerships. And the default rule is that if the IRS audits a partnership, the default is if they do find any adjustments that result in any additional taxable income, that the partnership is going to pay the tax at the highest uh, marginal tax rate. It definitely streamlines you know, the process for them and they're able to collect you know, more tax. So if you if you're used to filing your partnership return early and you know you don't extend and you find a change, it's going to be tougher just to push you know that change through on an amended return. And even if the the change doesn't you know result in additional tax, but it's actually a you know favorable adjustment, say it's additional R and D credits because you couldn't get the R and D tax credit study done by the time you file your return. The mechanics under these new rules is that that adjustment is actually going to push out to the partners in the year that you amend, not the year that the credits were generated. So it's it's one of those, it's very important that, you know, all partnerships extend just to give yourself some flexibility. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. And if there's an inadvertent error, you just don't want to get caught up in these rules and have to pay tax at a higher rate possible than you have to, or if it's even in your benefit, you don't want to have to defer that, you know, deduction into a future year. And while I mentioned it's important for all partnerships, I, I see some value in ha- in having S-Corps file federal extensions. Maybe there's some, you know, elections that maybe we're not thinking of because tax laws are going to change halfway through and maybe it's better that you know you want to accelerate your income into 2020 versus 2021 because rates may go up and filing superseded return you know you can still make some of these you know timely elections that if you just filed and you have to amend you can't make so i think extending for all partnerships and s-corps really makes sense 
and it's very easy to do. Just just a couple minutes to e-file it, and it's it's done. I it's you know I almost think you're kind of silly not to do it. Yeah, and so probably one of the important things we've been focusing mostly on the the you know entity level at the federal side. The the states do have some nuances on for partnerships and S corps. I think John did mention. So you, you do want to just have a quick conversation with your tax advisor. They should be able to uh, know if you have any of those states that may take a little extra work or not. And and again, it's estimates do work as long as you're paying enough. Um, the states and the government are generally happy and will extend and give you that additional time. I guess one thing, John, that you hear sometimes is extending my return will increase my uh, my chances of being audited. In your time of doing tax returns and probably many extensions, have you seen the reason for an, an IRS audit be due to an extension? Just curious. I have not seen that in my career here. Typically, you know, when you know a client is is audited, it's typically because it's been a large loss and you know the IRS was looking at depreciation and whether you know the assets qualified for bonus depreciation under the old rules and kind of looking at the basis and at risk loss limitations never once have I seen a uh, return you know flagged for audit just because of you know extension and typically I've used extensions for partnerships for multiple years. Um, three or four years ago, they moved the deadline for partnerships from April 15th to March 15th. And I would get most of my partnership K-1s out by April 1st. So when they made this change, I used the change in the deadline to really get a lot of my clients to file two-week extensions just so we could get the, the K-1s out the door. A lot of them were on board with it, and um, after seeing the process, they were very happy with it. And and now with the the BBA partnership changes, there's an extra benefit to doing it too. So it's one of those, you know, when you hear extension, people think, oh, I'm not going to get my K1 until um, you know September 15th. But I I think that's kind of a false rumor, and you know, you can still get the K1s out and extend, but it gives you a lot of flexibility to to really give yourself the, the opportunity for best optimal tax planning. Great. Thanks, Sean. Yeah. So the, those are many of the advantages of extending. And, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's good to note that that option is there if you have a need to extend, not just for flexibility. If you're missing some documents or, you know, or if something is impacting your business and you need to focus on it, it the option to extend is there. And Many times, as John noted, it's automatic for federal for flow throughs. If you've paid in enough of your estimates or through withholding, it, it could be uh, easy and quick for uh, individual side as well. But you know, tax advisor is there to help and to work work through that with you and, and make it as efficient as possible. And I know the the IRS has thrown partnerships kind of a bone the last couple of years with some uh, notices and rev procs that have allowed them to amend kind of old school style and not fall under the audit rules. But I don't think it's very likely that they're going to do that again for 2021. So if you're not extending, I, I strongly encourage and recommend that you do extend if you're uh, a partnership, at least on your federal return. That's something to consider. Well, great. Uh, thanks, John, for joining me. And thanks for the great discussion. Uh, I look forward to chatting again in the future. Is there any last comments before we go? Sure, Josh. I mean, I really just want to reiterate all the concepts we, we talked about today are federally related. 
Again, it's something that you're going to have to look at any state tax filings that you have and really discuss that with your tax advisor for this upcoming uh, tax filing season. And again, thanks everyone for listening. Thanks everyone. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of BNN Tax Snacks. I hope you found the discussion helpful and are walking away feeling a bit more informed. Check out our other episodes, which are available at bnncpa.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time. This podcast is brought to you by Baker Newman Noise. The information contained in this episode is based on data available as of the date of its release. BNN is under no obligation to update this information as changes occur. BNN podcasts, events, and publications are intended to provide general information to our clients and friends. It does not constitute accounting, tax, or legal advice, nor is it intended to convey a thorough treatment of the subject matter. The information in this podcast may or may not apply to your individual situation. Consult a tax professional for help applying these concepts to your personal circumstances. Please contact Baker Newman Noise for additional assistance at info at bnncpa.com. More information can be found online at bnncpa.com.